I mean, we don't have the animals that I would want to make a zoo. Well, if you could have any exotic animal in this house, what would you have? Just, like, all of the big cats. <laughs> all of them. I want all of the big cats. There's a documentary about that. I know. It's called Tiger King. I don't, King. <laughs> which I refuse to watch. It's so sad. Yeah, so that's what would happen. Yeah, that's Be why sad. I don't. No, because I would love them, and I would care for them You'd every single day. You'd probably murder me and feed me to one, like Carol Baskin. If it came to that, you know what? <laughs> I'm kidding. Is that? Fuck, this is on recording. <laughs> but forever just in case just in case <laughs> but we won't ever have big cats to feed you to so i think you're good yeah not within city limits <clears throat> <laughs> well okay. the municipal code is saving me is it mm-hmm. okay <laughs> welcome to who knew welcome i have a dog in my episode it is our halloween episode i'm excited yeah even though halloween's ruined halloween's ruined by fire <laughs> by fire and things burning to the ground specifically yes. colorado <laughs> yep so we live in the great state of colorado and we are right in the middle of like what three fires three know, gigantic I think fires there's two south of us in boulder county and there's two in larimer county oh, great four i mean there's probably more than that in general but those are like the ones that i can think of yep we had a room, have a room, still have a room. That we know of. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, the Stanley Hotel for what, two nights before Halloween? Yep. Can't get Halloween anymore unless you book like six years in advance and you um, like sell the soul of your firstborn to the Stanley. That's how you get a room there on Halloween. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you just have to be a little bit more pro-planning. Than getting it like a month in advance. Yeah. That's fair. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we have a room, but right now Estes is uh, evacuated. The, so. Completely, the entire city. Yep. And the Stanley's being used to house the firefighters that are <laughs> helping Hopefully. the fire. All this snow that we're getting right now. There's like a foot of snow outside. I hate it. I know, but it's also in uh, Estes. Yeah, which they're... Which is good. They're fire. more in the mountains, so they are probably getting more than we are. Yeah. Which is so good. Thank God. So hopefully Halloween isn't ruined, but as of right now, I'm not too optimistic. That's okay. I'd rather, you know, hopefully get a refund or a future room date sure. than burn alive. Yeah. Burn <laughs> alive. <laughs> but uh, if not, we're going to take these mics and we're going to go on the road. We're on the road. about the Stanley. Uh, I don't know. I think I also want to just say real quick how great it is that the Stanley is like, they like shut down everything just to house these firefighters that are that is pretty great. helping the fire. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. So cool. And I'm yeah. sure other hotels in the area are doing the same. I know a lot of hotels here in Loveland are helping with um, evacuees stay there and stuff like that. So it's really cool that the community yeah, a lot is. Of firefighters too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of firefighters, a lot of volunteers from not even our state. Some, some are coming from out of state. There's some from Wyoming I know that are helping. Yeah. So. I like when communities help each other. Oh, it makes me so happy. So <laughs> Stop. Yeah, it was a... kind of cool the other day because um, we had so many of our firefighters here helping with the fires in Larimer County. And we had to have some of the fire engines from my last agency backfill our... Oh, was that weird? It was so cool. If you can't tell, we work for a uh, police department. Yeah, police department, fire department. Mm-hmm. She works for the police department. I work for all of the above. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been a weird, weird time here in Colorado, but hopefully it's getting better. The snow is disappointing, but it's good. It has its benefits right now. 
can't hate on it too much. No, and I'm pretty, I mean, I can think of so many years trick-or-treating where you'd have your costume and go out and it was snowing. Mm-hmm. So you had to wear, like, your winter your jacket, jacket over your costume. You're such a bummer. ruined your costume. <laughs> oh, and then you're like, I don't even want to go. I don't want candy this year. <laughs> My mom's like, yes, you do. Put your jacket on. I'm like, God, <laughs> yes, I do. You're right. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, in well, lieu of Halloween. Well, in lieu of Halloween. In uh, celebration of Halloween. <laughs> also in lieu. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, I don't know. It's a weird year. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about the two different histories that mm-hmm. kind of relate, but not really. They yeah. have very similar well, histories. I mean, one definitely does. One super it relates. Yours and it's the history of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if anything related to Halloween more. It's probably yours. It's probably mine. Yeah. That makes sense. And then I'm going to be talking about Dia de los Muertos. Please um, excuse my poor pronunci- pronunciation of several uh, Spanish words because, one, uh, I have a lisp and I struggle to speak in English, my native <laughs> tongue. Um, so I was reading through my notes and I'm like, oh my god, it's going to be the worst thing ever. Is it? Yep. It'll be good. We'll get through it. We'll muddle through it and I'll okay. edit it to make it sound good. Cool. Ish. Love editing. Okay. Um, what about Halloween? Halloween, I'm just going to jump right into the history and, like, what it dates back to um, and then talk about what it is now. Halloween's <laughs> origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. Um, the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area of now Ireland and the United Kingdom and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. Hmm. So since they celebrated their new year on November 1st, the October 31st marked the end of the summer and the harvest, also Um, November 1st marked the beginning of winter, a time of the year that was often associated with human death for the Celtic. Um, The Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. And so they celebrated Samhain on that night, October 31st. Celts thought that they would encounter ghosts if they left their homes. And to avoid being recognized by these ghosts, people would wear masks of Oh, I'm sorry. They would wear masks when they left their homes after dark, so the ghosts would mistake them for fellow spirits. And then also to keep ghosts away, they um, would put bowls of food outside their homes to appease the ghosts to prevent them from entering. Offerings? Yeah, offerings. Hmm. Um, Celts also thought that the presence of otherworldly spirits not only caused trouble and damaged crops, but it made it easier for the druids or the Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. Is that why my garden didn't grow this year? Because you didn't... Because I have ghosts. (laughs) Well, let me tell you what we can do to make this not a problem for your future crops. Should I water it? (laughs) (laughs) Step one is water it. (laughs) Step two is, like, put soil that's good around it. No, no, step one's the soil, (laughs) and step two's the water. And then let me tell you steps three and four. (laughs) I need to offer things to the Um. So since this was over 2,000 years ago, they relied heavily on the earth and what they grew, obviously. There weren't Walmarts back then. And um, they used the prophecies from the Druids as a source of comfort. Okay. For, like, the winter, because Mm -hmm. the winter... 
sucked. Yeah. Um, it was often referred to as the Dark Winter. <laughs> to commemorate the event, Druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and han- animals in which they were- They burned animals? Yes. It didn't say uh. what kind of animals or in what state of living or not living the animals were, but I'm hoping that they were, like, naturally caused deaths, that they just found these animals and decided to ke- cremate them. I don't know. Okay. But they would burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. Um, during the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. Ooh. I can't imagine wearing an animal head on my head. That was like a real animal head, not like a it fake makes me one. Think of uh, American Horror Story, where the the guy wears the bison head. It might be an ox. I don't really know the difference. I don't remember between that. the two. Well, you didn't like that season. It was oh, okay. on Coven. Perfect. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, where like was head. I? I think that's in. Uh, I another the, season. Yeah, I remember the pig head in. Um, what was it? Roanoke. Yes. Yeah. Gross, right? It's super freaking gross. I have a lot of questions about how that works. After I had a pumpkin on my head, I have a lot of questions about <laughs> how you would fit a pig head on your head. So, anybody knows. Please don't tell us. <laughs> I don't. Email us. I don't want to. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Podcast 666. At gmail.com. Go ahead. Okay. Great. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, by 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory. In the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the Samhain celebration. The first was Feralia. Feralia. I'm going with the second. Feralia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second day was to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, which brings me to my first fun facts. Um, the symbol of Pomona is the apple, and the incorporation of the celebration into Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. That's nice. Thank <laughs> you. Did you ever bob for apples? No. Either. I don't think I have a big enough mouth to like go in there well, and like. I also, I, I don't want to. So like, I did it once, but it wasn't related to Halloween. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was for like a field field day at school. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It wasn't weird. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's looking at me like, why else would you do it? I, I've for never school, bought for apples, I so I just. I guess I always like. I like friends would do that like at halloween parties but i don't know why i always just feared like i couldn't grab onto an apple and then i would drown which i know is so irrational pull yourself up no in my mind i would just sit there drowning trying to get the apple (laughs) uh anyways um back to no not back to by the ninth century the influence of christianity had spread into celtic lands shocker and blended or sometimes replaced other celtic rites just a fun fun thing to say in 1000 ad the church made november 2nd all souls day a day to honor the dead and this was believed to be done to replace the celtic festival of the dead with a related church sanctioned holiday all souls day was celebrated similarly to to Samhain, with big bonfires parades and dressing up in costumes as saints for example angels and devils so that's cool the all saints day celebration was also called all hallows or all hallow mass from the middle english all hallow messy sorry 
I don't know my medieval English, um, meaning All Saints Day. And the night before it, which was the traditional night of Samhain in the Celtic religion, began to be called All Hallows' Eve and eventually Halloween. How do we go to Halloween? I don't know. Maybe they ditched it. They just don't like All Hallows' Eve. Eve. How do we go from Eve to Eve? How do we call Buffalo Wild Wings beat-ups? That makes sense. Okay. Wings is W. Dubs is W. B-W is B-Dub. Early All Souls Day parades in England probably have a hand in modern American trick-or-treating tradition. During the festivities of All Souls Day, poor citizens would beg for food and families would give them pastries called soul cakes. In return... How do you make a soul cake? That's a look great up a question. recipe for like an old school soul cake? Hell yeah. Probably a donut. <laughs> you think that's what a donut was? Is a soul yeah. cake? In return for the soul cakes, their promise was to pray for the family's dead relatives. So they'd be like, I'll pray for your family. Give me that cake. Give me cake and I will pray for you. You're right. Maybe. Uh, the distribution of soul cakes was encouraged by the church as a way to replace the ancient practice of leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. Oh, well, of course they didn't like that. Of course not. Um, the practice, which was referred to as going a souling was eventually taken up by children who would visit the houses in their neighborhood and be given ale, food, and money. Who gives children beer? This was, like... I get it, Super but not modern. <laughs> uh, okay, so now we have a little bit of the history. Let's go into how it uh, has come to America. So... It's gonna get bastardized. <laughs> it's gonna get right bastardized. Right now, we're gonna fuck it up. I mean, obviously, what we're, we're doing now is nothing. Like, we don't have soul cakes anymore. Which we did. Yeah, let's bring now it we back. Get old people who give us oranges and such. <laughs> the celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief systems there. Though limited, the holiday was most common in the southern colonies and Maryland. Hmm. Yeah. Um, as the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest, and neighbors would share stories of the dead, which I'm assuming are more like memories, and tell each other's fortunes, which is very common to how it was back in the Dizay, and they would dance and sing. Doesn't that sound like fun? And then these colonial Halloween festivals also featured the telling of ghost stories and makeshift, or no, no, just kidding, and mischief making of all kinds. Oh, so the tricks of trick-or-treating. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country still. In the second half of the 19th Second half, not the middle. Second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants. Weird. Hmm. We're a country made of immigrants. Hmm. Um, these new immigrants, especially the millions of millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularize the celebra- celebration of Halloween nationally. And borrowing from the previous traditions that we talked about, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money, and a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Hmm. Going back for a second, in the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday, more about the community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, and witchcraft. And at the turn of the century... um, 
Halloween parties were now focused on games, foods of the season, and festive costumes for both children and adults. So it wasn't just children-based. It was a whole family thing. Great. It was everything. Every generation celebrated. During this time, parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween. And because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. Isn't that crazy? Weird. Right? It seems like that's not too long ago. That's like the beginning of the 1900s. Anything grotesque? Yeah, grotesque and frightening. Well, what happened? Well, I'll tell you. Because now, like, we went to Spirit Halloween yesterday and I got scared. Yeah, you do. (laughs) I think they just meant more of like, let's not wear um, our family pig head on our head. Oh, sure. Or, you know, that's grotesque. Um, So I'm going to delve into the things that were not so spoopy that they did. Um, Are you (laughs) you ready for some of these things? Yeah. Let's go. Young women believed that on Halloween, they could discover the name uh, or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple pairings, or mirrors, which also sounds like some weird summoning shit. So that's fine. (laughs) We just, nothing frightening or grotesque, but yes, let's summon demons. Sure. Sure. Why not? Um... Young women, some of these things involved young women um, tossing apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. Um, <laughs> and then they tried to learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water. It's like a, a weird... Um, like crystal ball? Yeah. <laughs> and the, and um, stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. Wow. This is like... I feel like this is where Bloody Mary came from. Yeah, and then like two years down the road, they see some dude and they're like, I think I saw you in a mirror on Halloween once. On my bathroom. Yeah. wall. He's like, I don't... I wasn't there. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, okay. Um, and then in 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine breaking your tooth on a ring? <laughs> I would hope that if it's mashed potatoes, you wouldn't just like have such a heaping scoop that you couldn't see. I- I've seen you eat mashed potatoes. Shut up. That's rude. <laughs> Don't tell the people what I do with my mashed potatoes. <laughs> I eat them like a normal being. Sure. I just like them a lot. Yeah. Um, in Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into a fireplace. The nuts that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding, or so the story went, represented the girl's future husband. And also there's other variations of this legend where the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolized a love that would not last. Which, I mean, if you're relying your love on nuts, that's your first problem. Sorry. Um, Just get out there and date. Yeah, for real. There there wasn't Tinder back then. Um, (laughs) No, they had nuts. (laughs) Yep, that. Nuts. Ninder. Ninder. Nutter. Nope. I'm going to cut all that out. Okay. No, it's funny. No. Okay. Another tale had it that if young women ate a sugary concoction made of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, she would dream dream about her future husband. If you eat nuts or think about nuts, you get nuts. (laughs) 
obviously. <laughs> nuts yields, yeah, nuts. <laughs> Simple math, really. Oh, carry on. Okay. At some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. All of these Halloween superstitions rely on the goodwill of the very same spirits whose presence the early Celtics felt. By the 1920s and 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as the featured entertainment. Could you imagine a whole town getting together and having a Halloween party? Would love it. It's called Halloween Town and you can find it on (laughs) Disney+. Halloween Town 1, Halloween Town 2, Return to Halloween Town, Halloween Town High. And I think it's... I think you have a problem. (laughs) I think Return to Halloween Town is the college one, so I think that... I don't know. That's all off the top of my head. Don't quote me. (laughs) Okay. Well, during this time in the 1920s and 1930s, despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations during this time. Surprise. Yeah, that's what we do. We take good things and then we spray paint them. But I think, wasn't you I was talking to you about? Like, this is something that we've been doing since, like, caveman times. We like, talked about it when we talked about Alcatraz. Yeah, because we yeah. graffiti, like, back when we were first, civil, quote-unquote, civilized in, like, caveman times, yeah. we vandalized cave walls with drawings. Yep. Like, so it's do. just genetic we that we vandalize. Yeah. yeah. It's genetic. You can't hold us against that. Um. It shouldn't be a crime. It, you can't hold it against us. No. Why is you it can't a crime? Hold us against that. Yeah. Same thing. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> between 1920 and 1950, the centuries-old practice of trick or treating was also revived. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. Hmm. So. Um, oh, trick or treat. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where the name came from. It's like, instead of being vandalized, sure. let's give you some sugar. I always thought it was like, you get to pick one. It's like truth or dare. Either do a trick or you do a trick. Do a trick. <laughs> Spin. Sit for me, please. <laughs> sit. Sit. Don't get a trick. You don't maybe, even treat until Maybe you sit. I thought that you had to do a trick to get the treat. What, like this is a beauty pageant? I don't, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I interpreted that as. Okay. And now it's good to know that I was the one who had the power. Like, hey, you give me candy or I'm going to egg your house. <laughs> yeah, no. Now I'm realizing I have a lot of wasted... Potential. Um, leverage. Yeah. 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 Things our parents didn't tell us. It's rude. Well, they probably didn't know. Well, now they know. So future other children that we know should know this. Yep. You have leverage. Bring eggs. Say, I will egg your house unless you give me the good shit. Yep. Give me the they good good. They definitely will not. Call the cops. Um, call the cops. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yes, I can. I can't imagine. <laughs> it's too much. For sure can't imagine. <laughs> um, I have a couple fun facts for you. One quarter of all the candy sold annually in the U.S. is purchased for Halloween. That's one quarter. Wow. One month out of the 12 months. And then two more quarters. One half of it is purchased on November 1st. Yeah, because everything's (laughs) gone on sale. 
Oh, gosh. And also, um, today, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on Halloween. That's bananas. Yeah, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Who knew? That's crazy, right? We're spoopy. We spend too much money. We like spoopy We stuff. like our costumes, and we like our candy. Yep. And we like our alcohol. Yep. Here we go. Um, so by the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism because of the trick-or-treating, thus evolving Halloween into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to end with two more fun facts. Due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom, parties moved from town civic centers to into the classroom or home. So, like, I told you, they had, like, town parties. Yeah. Instead of doing that, because there were so many people, they would just, like, take smaller groups. They have house parties. And, like, have house parties. Gotcha. And then and go in the classrooms. Yeah. So that they still celebrated, but right. they couldn't, they could accommodate the large numbers sure. better. Sure. So that's kind of how it became more individually partied. Huh. Um, and then also more people, according to history.com especially millennials are buying costumes for their pets 20 percent did so in 2018 and up to 16 percent in 2017 <laughs> and i don't have more recent numbers but i guarantee you it's gone up since then because everybody does that shit yep. we were gonna do that shit yep we still are gonna do that shit are we i mean Cass has a costume i don't know about you your your dogs. they don't okay they her could. little party cape doesn't work <clears throat> Oh, her poncho? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Get her a little sombrero. Sure. That'd be so it cute. It might be a little bit short notice to find a sombrero for a dog, but... Amazon. Oh, my God. I'm sick of shopping on Amazon. <laughs> That's all I shop on. <laughs> it's my go-to. Yeah. So, I wanted to get a mini waffle maker. Yeah. And they have them at $10 at Target. Mm-hmm. But you want me to get one, the same one on... Amazon, I didn't, which is 30. Here's the thing, is that it's it's blizzarding outside, and all you were doing was going on TikTok looking up mini waffle recipes, and all I was hearing was you talk about these mini waffle recipes, and I was like, why don't you order on Amazon? She's like, why don't you just buy one? <laughs> buy she, one already. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to go to Target. It's snowing. And I'm like, then go on, go on Amazon. And apparently that was the wrong answer. <laughs> oh. I have a truck. I can drive in the snow. Whatever. We're not going tonight anyways. So. <clears throat> Big bummer. <laughs> um. Okay. So you talked about American pretty much Halloween. I'm going to be talking about Dia de los Muertos. Yay. Dia of the Dead. Which um, I learned a lot about, actually. I was incredibly misinformed. Translated into English, the Day of the Dead. Um, is a Mexican holiday where families welcome back the souls of their deceased rel- relatives um, for a brief e- reunion that includes food, drink, and celebration. Um, it's a blend of Mesoamerican ritual, European religion, and Spanish culture all together. Um, <clears throat> the days um, October 31st and then November 1st are considered El Dia de los Innocentes, so the Day of the Children, and All Saints Day, which you mentioned a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, November 2nd is All Souls Day, which you also mentioned and also refer to as Day of the Dead. So that's the actual Day of the Dead. Um, according to tradition, the gates of heaven are opened at midnight on October 31st, and the spirits of children first uh, rejoin their families for 24 hours, and then the spirits of adults do the same on November 2nd. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the origins, it comes, I mean, it's 3,000 years old. Wow. Which is bananas. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrated in contemporary Mexico and among those of Mexican heritage now around the world. Like I said, go back um, 3,000 years to rituals honoring the dead in pre-Columbian Mesoamerica, um, which includes the Aztecs and those living in what is now central Mexico. Um, death was kind of seen as a cyclical event, and it wasn't something that people were scared of. Mm-hmm. Right, so people believed, okay, well, I'm going to die, but I can come back every year and see my family. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so the ple- the belief was that when a person died, they would travel to, oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the belief was when a person died, they would travel to Chinook, <laughs> would travel to Chikunamiklan. Chikunamiklan. Wow, good job. Uh, which translates to the land of the dead. Only after getting through the nine challenging levels, um, a journey of several years, could the person's soul finally reach Miklan, which was the final resting place. Um, in Nahua ritual, rituals, honoring the dead traditionally held in August, uh, family members provided food, water, tools to aid the deceased in the difficult journey, which reminds me of a lot of um, like Egyptian stuff, where yeah. they would leave things that would be useful to the person and, in like, their tomb. Their tomb yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like their riches and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this inspired the contemporary Day of the Dead practice where people will leave food and other offerings in their love on their loved ones' graves or set them out on makeshift altars um, in their houses. Kind of cool. That is cool. Uh, Day of the Dead versus All Souls Day because they're kind of connected and it connects back to what you talked about. So in ancient Europe, like you said, pagan celebrations of the dead also took place in the fall. And consisted of bonfires and dancing and eating a whole bunch of really good food. Uh, Some of those customs survived even after the rise of the Roman Catholic Church, which unofficially adopted them into their celebrations of two minor Catholic holidays, All Saints Day and All Souls Day, celebrated in the first two days of November. Uh, Medieval Spain... People would bring wine and what they called uh, pan de animas, which is spirit bread. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Can we start calling bread that? If we make it with spirits. It's like soul cakes. It is like soul cakes. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Um, they would bring that to the graves of their loved ones on All Souls Day. Um, and then they would also cover graves with flowers and light candles to illuminate the dead souls way back to their homes on Earth. In the 16th century, Spanish conquistadors brought these traditions with them to the New World, so, like, Mexico, um, along with a darker view of death influenced by the devastation of the bubonic plague. Ouch. Today, uh, El Dia de los Muertos is not um, as is commonly thought, which is, like, a Mexican version of Halloween. Two-day holidays do share some traditions, but, like, costumes and parades and all that good stuff i've never been to a halloween parade have you no i didn't know those existed until these notes yep on the day of the dead it's believed that the border between the spirit world and the real world dissolves um so there's not a veil it just goes away during this brief period the souls of the dead awaken and they return to the living world to feast and drink and dance and play music with their loved ones 
in turn, the living family members treat the deceased as, like, honored guests, and they leave their favorite foods out and offerings at their gravesides, like we said before. <clears throat> so I'm going to go through a couple of really interesting traditions that I read. Mm-hmm. I didn't add everything that I read, but some ones that kind of stood out to me. Um, so day one is considered, we, there's a couple different names. The first name I already mentioned, which was <clears throat> Dia de los Inocentes. And another name for that is Dia de los Ange- uh, Angelitos. 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 Good job. Thank you. Uh, in Mexico, uh, the first day of the dead, like we said before, um, has a couple different names. Dia de los Nuestros Angelitos. Dia de los Angelitos, which is kind of redundant, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dia de los Inocentes. Uh, which refers to the dead children whose passed on spirits are the first to arrive before adults do the next day to visit their loved ones because they believe they're quicker on their feet because they're young. Because they run and they yeah. never get tired. <laughs> the adults are like, oh, go ahead. I just, I'm I gotta just catch gonna my walk. breath. I'm going to walk. It's fine. <laughs> Grandpa's with I his cane. He's like, just go ahead. Right. Young man. Right. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. And interesting that, that, like, everyone believes that. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, family reunions, who's the first one to greet you? The kids. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, I talked about offerings are, like, a really big part of Dia de los Muertos. And they call that ofrenda. Oh, I can't do it. Ofrenda? Thank you. So, offerings are common at the cemetery right over where the deceased lay. And we do that. We put flowers on people's graves, so. Yeah. That's not really anything new. Um, the purpose of the Day of the Dead is to honor family members who have passed on and f- for them to use this opportunity to ask them for guidance and appeal to their good nature with different offerings like food and drinks and things that had like personal significance um, to that person. Um, and if you, you can look up photos of like cemeteries during this uh, three-day period and it is just insane compared to what our cemeteries look like um however the offerings are frequently done in other public and private places too it's not just like at cemeteries it's um characterized by a festive atmosphere that quote charmingly cultivates uh with playing musicians tasty seasonal foods and a fair amount of alcohol to encourage positive spirits I love that so much. Um, They're like, this is how we get the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As such, uh, Day of the Dead traditions are close to, like, people love them. Okay. It's fun. It doesn't it have sounds to be, like, fun. a scary thing. It's, like, fun. And yeah. it doesn't have to be a sad thing either. Um, and then what ties all these celebrations together is the altar that every family in Mexico sets up in their houses for their dead. Is it just specifically Me- Mexico or people that have... Uh, heritage. Okay. No, it's like people of. I just need to make Latin some descent. true Latin friends yeah. to celebrate and mm-hmm. see their altars and yeah, eat yeah, their yeah. food and drink their Heck drinks. Yeah, for sure. Um, the private altars include photographs of their dead loved ones, as well as uh, a lot of different things that they liked and loved, things they used to wear, um, and the idea is that they want to make them comfortable in their home so that they'll come oh, there. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it just family members that they remember, or is it like a collection of family members, like handed down generation to generation? They just have like a stockpile of photos after a while. Oh. 
if Probably. you yeah i would imagine because you don't want to you don't want to forget yeah. about your old family heritage right. if it's something that you celebrate i would yeah. hope i would think yeah. i don't know, I don't know. correct me if i'm wrong but that's what i would imagine sure they would pass it down yeah. if it's that important to them yep i agree with that cool mm-hmm. unless i find out grandpa was ted bundy well i mean ted bundy wouldn't be included because he's not latin did he have kids i don't think he did okay the golden state killer he had kids yeah so mm. yeah if they were of Latin descent, they probably burned his picture. Pretend he doesn't exist. You can edit that out. Right. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling later. Okay. Um, another... I'm sorry if I offended anybody. I'm done. <laughs> I did not mean to offend. Um, another central figure of Dia de los Muertos is called La Catrina, uh, which is one of the most... You'll recognize it as soon as... If you Google it, you'll totally recognize it. It is in emblematic character to represent the holiday a classy skeleton lady created by uh, jose guadalupe posada mm-hmm. um which he created this character to bring elegance and a sense of aristocracy Arist- right? Arist- aristocrat. i don't yeah, you're asking the wrong aristocats. person <laughs> it's the aristocats my favorite disney movie by the way <laughs> Um, aristocracy. That's there. Right. You go. Fuck. Say it again. Aristocracy. And continue your sentence. Um. To bring elegance and a sense of aristocracy to the celebration, Katrina comes from the word Katrine, meaning distinguished gentleman. <gasps> like the TikTok. <laughs> like the TikTok. Like the t- oh, look at that distinguished gentleman. <laughs> What a distinguished gentleman. Look at him sit. <laughs> um, skeletons like these have a long history in Mexico of serving as certain criticism over the different disparities between the classes and continue to represent the idea that we're all socially equal. Weird. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> and your favorite thing ever, sugar schools. Yay. She hates them. <laughs> But this will make I don't you feel hate worse them. about that. Oh no. No, I feel bad. I just No, don't feel bad. I think that they're I'm sure people that are actually Do you think they're like cutesy or I don't think they're cutesy. I just think that they're I think there's it's cultural appropriation where it's like people that don't know anything about Dia de los Muertos are just like sugar school everything. And oh, it's okay. like it's it's too much. It's sure. too like mainstream now. And oh, it's okay. like let's go like it just sure. annoys me. It's like sure. one of those things that's just like, you don't know what the, you're yeah. wearing a band t-shirt and you don't even know the band. Like, shut the fuck uh, up, okay. go home, learn your culture, and then come back and talk to me. <laughs> okay. So that's where I get annoyed with it. culture? I don't, but I'm not going to wear a sugar skull because I'm... Because you don't know it. I don't know oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. Well, let me tell you so you can wear those shirts. <laughs> oh, I would love to. <laughs> just going to go on Amazon after this and buy all the sugar skull shirts. Right. <laughs> so it's actually um, like a dessert treat. Mm-hmm. It's not just like an image. Ooh, uh-huh. see, I kind of like that. A um, popular. It's popularly now made out of chocolate. Um, it represents a person whose name is written on it, and there's considerable significance in the original water and sugar based treat. So it used to be like just water and sugar that hardened. Yeah. Um, like rock candy. Yeah, kind. Well, not quite. Oh. It was moldable. See, the idea is that the sugar and water. Um, merged pre-Hispanic culture of that food with the Spanish custom of molding. So they would take the sugar water and they would mold it into these skulls and make ornate designs onto it and then 
use that in the... Yep, they'd write their loved ones' names on them. And then... What? Yep. It's kind of like glass making. Yeah. Kind of. Like the art. Sugar. The art behind that. That's really cool. Totally. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go buy all the shirts now. Are you? I know. I still feel like a poser because it's not my heritage. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. There was a... I read an article about some uh, Barbie made like a Dia de los Muertos doll. Her face was like painted with a skull and like she had all yeah all this stuff and it, it sold out. But then it faced oh, a lot no. of backlash. I'm sure it did. Yeah, Jesus, very hard to find now. Oh, that's probably like the ones on probably eBay that are people. hundreds and hundreds yeah. of dollars. Yep, yep, totally. Oh Jesus. So yeah, that's uh, Dia de los Muertos. I think it's so interesting that I wouldn't say they had like totally similar roots, but they had similar things that yeah. made that changed them and molded them to what they are now like both mm-hmm. Halloween and Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. I think that's very interesting that they're two completely separate holidays with two completely separate ideas. But we talked about similar origins. Yeah. yeah How totally. weird. I know. Hmm. Yeah. What a fun what a fun day. Halloween. Halloweeny. Woo-hoo. What are we doing on Halloween? Um we're dressing up as a uh, Daisy and I don't remember Jay. his name. Jay. Gatsby. I was like, Mr. Gatsby. Jay. <laughs> the great Gatsby. <laughs> uh, we're dressing up as them for Halloween, and we're having um, a couple friends over, and we're going to hand out candy. hopefully candy to the kids if it's good weather. Yeah. Or like with COVID and stuff. I'm imagining we're going to, well, so we're not buying the candy. The candy's being brought here by our friends who have a whole bunch of leftovers. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we were at the Walmart. The Walmart. We were at Walmart the other day, and I was like, we should get candy, but I don't know if we should wait until it gets closer, if it gets on sale. I'm so glad. Yep. So that's a thing, and I imagine we're going to end up with a a lot of leftovers, which I'm fine with. I got a major sugar tooth, so we're good. Same. Sweet tooth. Sweet tooth. You know, it's like the... Fun fact I told you about, you can just get your sugar concoction and dream about the man you're about to marry. So yeah, Halloween should be fun. I'm glad we're not working. I worked it last year. Me and it too. Sucked. I I worked it last year too. It was just during the day though. It wasn't too bad. Did you work at night? Mm-hmm. Oh, that sucks. Yep, I was on nights. That sucks. It's frustrating because nobody has uh everybody has like masks and shit on and you can't tell who anybody is. You're like, hey, can I see your ID? And it doesn't matter. Right, it's like <laughs> like now with COVID going to the fucking what is it called? It's not a drugstore. <laughs> Going to the like alcohol liquor shops. <laughs> oh my god, the liquor store. The liquor the drug store? <laughs> I told you that's not what it's called. Stop making fun of me. It's like now with COVID when you go to the liquor store and they look at your ID and it's like I literally could have anybody's right? ID that's over the age of twenty one and right? it doesn't matter. Yeah. I so love I went to a brewery the other day. We both did. And they made us pull down our masks to yeah. look at our IDs. It's like, don't breathe, don't sneeze while your mask is down. One one person can come in at a time. Like, you had to stand outside and they had to bring you. Yeah. But then pull your mask down. So Same dumb. thing at the airport. Well, that's um, all I have. Yeah? Do you have more? Um, thanks for listening to our Halloween episode. Um, you can find us on Instagram. We don't have a Facebook because that sucks. Yeah. Um, and then you can also email us at... Who knew podcast six 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 at gmail dot com. Yep. Anything else? Negative. Okay. Happy Halloween. Bye. Be safe. <laughs>